to a meaningful marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Masonian Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We are glad you've joined us today to bring, as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. Sarah Masoni is out for the day. Uh, she's at the Fancy Food Show and then she goes on her epic road trip. So I'm flying solo this week. Uh, but we do want to thank our sponsor for supporting Masonian Marshall. Thank you for helping us spread the word about women entrepreneurs. Let's hear a word from our sponsor, Market of Choice. We want to thank our sponsor, Market of Choice, for supporting this podcast, Smithsonian Marshall. Thank you for helping spreading the word about female food entrepreneurs. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local food entrepreneurs, so much so that we carry more than 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in our stores. Our passion is to help local makers, farmers, ranchers, and fisher folk realize their potential through programs and help them to succeed. Thank you, Market of Choice. So we are checking in with past guests, and we're so excited about today's show. I would like to introduce you to our guest today. Please meet Yvonne of Momococo, maker of Glowed Up Cocoa Products. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Yeah, me too. So um, I'm extra excited about you being a guest because I don't I don't even know if you knew this at the time, if we made it... Um, a point of topic, but you were our very first guest ever. I I did know that. I remember that. And it was just, um, it was just you then too. Was it just me? Yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) Well, that was back in June of 2019. So we um, wanted to check in with some of the people that we first interviewed because it had been it has been such a long time. A lot of things have changed where we've lived through this pandemic time. And you were a pretty new maker at the time that we were talking to you. Um, and so we wanted to check back in and see how things are going. So before we check in, let's just describe to any of our listeners that maybe didn't listen to that show back in 2019, um, what it is that your product is. And how yeah, you- we make um, a variety of non-dairy cocoa mixes. Um, they are um, very exceptionally creamy because they have a higher cocoa butter content and they, we have lots of different flavors, two of which have won good food awards. And we also make other cacao related products. We have a uh, brewing cocoa as well as, um, still in development, but coming out very soon, a, um, cacao nib snacking mix. Very cool. So I think when we had you on the show, maybe you just had, I want to say like 
two or three different flavors. <laughs> so you've expanded a little bit. And yes. you've also changed your packaging. So I will we'll get into some of those details of things because I think it's very important for our makers out there. You know, sometimes we have people that are thinking about a rebrand or thinking about changing packaging. So um, let's maybe talk about that first. So w- when you first started, you had your your drinking chocolate in a pouch and you made the decision to change it. Can you talk about why you changed it, what it looks like now, how people would recognize it? Yeah. When we first started, we did a craft um, pouch. It's still in a pouch, but it's not, we went to an all white um, package and we also updated to have a larger logo um, and and colorful um, labels. Um, so as we expanded, we just wanted something that would really kind of pop off the shelves and it kind of matched with our overall aesthetic that we wanted to have, which was a bit more fun, a bit more like poppy, like and sort of colorful. And eventually <laughs> we've been we want to go into a full print packaging. There's a lot that goes into that, though, and every time that we start, we realize there's a lot more to do. So that will eventually be happening. <laughs> and when you go into full print, um, you want to make sure it's all done right, or else there's no reprinting at that point. Yeah, just did a ten thousand run. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to end up with ten thousand bags that have a mistake on them. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, cool. And so. Um, when you were on, you know, the show before we were able to taste your chocolates, your drinking chocolates, and we are not able to now because we're in a separate space. <laughs> but um, I do remember at the time you had a couple of flavors. Um, the, I think the one with lavender in it. What is that one called again? Just lavender. Yeah, <laughs> lavender just cocoa. lavender. Lavender cocoa. Um, now, how many flavors do you have? Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me see. We have classic cardamomo chocolate pei, um, momo dark, lavender, lemon spice, momo mint, um, queens, and chocolate. And then we have a couple that go in and out for seasonals. Like we have our momo mint dark and our momo queens dark, which is a winter special. And last year we had Rose, which was a really big hit, but we did not bring it back this year. We'll probably make it more of like an every other year. Cool. You have, you've expanded a lot. You have many yeah. new varieties. <laughs> I think that's the yes. fun, the fun part about having a business though. Sometimes when, um, you know, my certification is a little bit different than yours because I have to run everything through FDA because it's an acidified food. So I, whenever my inspectors come, it's a bit of a nightmare because they're like, you have 27 flavors. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> I do. Cause I have to get them all approved, you know, and I might not make them again, kind of like you did with the rose. It might be every other year. It might be once a year. Um, but to be able to sell them in the marketplace, I have to get them approved first. So I always have so many, but I think that's the fun part about it is like I'm like ooh, this sounds fun and new let's try it that's like yeah it's it's really fun and it's also like it makes it very um it, it makes for logistics problems but yeah definitely very fun <laughs> um 
I know um, we we do get FDA certified, but not like you. So mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's much easier. <laughs> yeah, easier process. Well, um, I, so you mentioned that you won a Good Food Award. So that's definitely happened since we've talked to you. So um, yes. let's tell people about the Good Food Awards in case they don't know. And then um, what, what you won the award for. Yeah, well, so the Good Food Foundation, the Good Food Guild, is um, a group that that serves to support and um, recognize um, businesses, food businesses that um, really take time and consideration to in the food that they produce to make sure that it's sustainable or and um, that they um, are using good quality products, fair trade, that they're not only good quality food, they're also treating the their employees well and the, the, the people that they they're 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 choosing with purpose, basically. Mm. They're choosing their product, their their ingredients and their their philosophy with thoughtfulness and purpose. Um I think it's the best way to describe them. <laughs> so yeah. without looking at their website. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and this year, 2023, we won a Good Food Award for Chocolat Payee, which we made in collaboration with Elsie of Creole Me Up. And um, it is a traditional Haitian drink. And she came to me one time after a market and said, hey, you know, I get your cocoa and then I go to the store and I get this and that so I can make it more like home. And I said, well, that seems really interesting. Let's try just make a product that you don't have to go to the store for afterwards. You just open it up and use. She gave me just like a very rudimentary way of doing it. I asked what the ratios are. She said, I don't really know. I just put handfuls in or so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to come up with a recipe and then bring it to you. And you tell me whether I'm getting close and then we'll work from there. Like, you know, put more of this or put more or less of that. <laughs> so, those are my favorite kind of projects and collaborations that just come out of being at an event at the same time or being like, hey, this is what I do with your stuff. And and then you created this product and, and maybe just thought, oh, well, we'll at least like sell it at the market together. And then you won an award for it. <laughs> exactly. And That's I so rad. Her, I had asked her because I'm like, this is something I really love the flavor of and I really feel like it's something great um do you mind if i put it up because you know i want to be mindful that it's her culture not yeah. mine i'm paying homage to her culture by doing it but i'm not i don't want to i wanted to make sure that i got her clear her like okay yeah and i wanted it to be something that also supported her so when we announced the nomination or the final the final finalists we had did a little um kind of like a little history and a little instruction, a little bit of um, like explanation of what the drink is and why, you know, what's important and a little history of Haiti. So that was really fun. Um, Since winning, she's also been extremely busy, but we still want to do something together. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a little later in the year, I guess to highlight it. Yeah. We won and then like, you know, markets being markets. (laughs) Well, and if um, just so our listeners can kind of connect with Elsie too. So Elsie was on um, episode 10 of um, the Meaningful Marketplace. She was also one of our very early guests and she had 
just started. She didn't even have labels yet. She had like handwritten the labels when she came on the show, but she um, does farm- farmer's markets around town and you can find her on Instagram. Creole me up is her Instagram. And she is from Haiti and she posts all these wonderful things about ha- Haitian culture and um, teaching people different things. And so you should follow along if you can. And, um, and also try this drinking chocolate because you'll learn more about um, this Haitian recipe and this tradition that she has now brought here with you. And that's so rad that you guys can carry this on and, and continue. I know Elsie loves to teach, teach people. Um, I agree. I, 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 my favorite part is her little series on like the Haitian proverb of the day or like mm-hmm. a, or, or the week or that she does it once a week. And that's one of my favorite ones. I'm like, ah, oh, you're such a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, I love how she like, says it and then she slows it down and does it by my oh my goodness you're like a natural teacher <laughs> yeah for sure yeah well that's so cool that you guys collaborated on this thing and it was recognized and now um i mean i would guess that you'll keep continuing to make it um because now it has won this sacred award so good job <laughs> yeah and i really want to make sure i like i really like part of our philosophy is that cocoa brings people together and you know for better or worse um chocolate has gone around the entire world right it has a storied history but it's also a way that we all can connect that we know the flavor of chocolate we know the flavor of cocoa we know we know what it is and we connect with that comfort and i feel like it just tells a story of how we've sort of traveled through this whole process too and uh, and so I really love that's when like when Elsie brought that to me, it really piqued my interest for that reason too. Like when I first came up with the Zocolaro, I that's also an homage to the Aztec and Mayan roots of this drink. Um, and it's so these things really pique my interest that it, it's bringing these cultures together. Yeah, I think, and when you were on the show before, we talked a lot about um, sourcing and and sourcing, you know, cacao respectfully and mindfully. And so if people want to listen to that conversation, I think, um, you know, that, so you were on episode three. So if people want to listen to it, they can, because I think (laughs) you taught Sarah and I a lot about um, what to look for and and all that. So people can... um, listen to that episode if they want. But I wanted to talk about, um, as I've seen you through the years kind of adapt, um, I've noticed that you're very good at coming up with different things for different events that you're doing or um, different weather that is in place. Because I think (laughs) when you first came, you just, you know, would have people heat it up and drink it warm and that works great in the winter and maybe not so great in the summer. So um, I just wanted you to kind of talk to our listeners about different things that you do for different times of year and different events. Cause I did see that you were just at this cool vegan event and did a special drink. So if you want to just yeah. talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So in order to highlight that it's versatile, you know, you can do it hot or cold. Um, Cause we always kind of knew, you know, we would tell people, you know, basically a mocha frappuccino is coffee, chocolate, ice, blend mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's 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 a good hot or cold and um i we just wanted to highlight that a bit more and we had we struggled with how to do that 
um, for the first couple of years, we took like July and August off from the markets. And for that reason, and then with COVID, we felt like we really just can't do that, especially since we lost like a good month. I didn't go back until the end of April. I think that they were back, but I I didn't feel comfortable going back to the end of April. And so we thought, okay, well, we really just got to, even if we don't make very much money, we'll just have to power through it. So we figured, okay, I'm going to start sampling it cold so people understand how to make it. Um, then uh, we started selling cups cold and hot at the, the markets. So we felt like that was twofold. It gives people a way to try it. And um, it also gives, you know, like it, it puts, it solidifies it in their, their mind. And uh, it wound up being that, like some of the stuff that we did, like I did a lavender, ice lavender mocha that first summer. And that was really the first one where I said, okay, I'm going to just do this. I saw mocha as like a recipe. Like here's a recipe. It's cold. It's, it tastes good. And I would run out and then I'd start having customers coming and like, oh, can I have one? I'm like, oh, I, I you know, it's sold out. And the, they'll be like lining up early <laughs> for it. So, so uh, we figured like, okay, we're on to something here. Mm-hmm. So since then, we've sort of tried to expand more and uh, just do like a full array where anything we're sampling for the day will also have enough to sell for cups, you know, and then as they sell out, just they sell out. Um, at the, and then at special events, like uh, we've done it with the vegan night market. We just did the pride vegan night market. Um, I'll be doing it at a couple of other events. We did the Alberta street fair. I'll specifically go towards especially since those are more high density markets so you feel like i cannot focus on a whole lot of (laughs) drinks so i'll just do like a classic and a special drink that's like really going to highlight more of the the flavor of a of some of that are other um um varieties so we did for the pride market we did a special um queen's cocoa and we did the classic uh, and then we switched it out towards the end to, to a dark and a dark vent. So it was really fun. That was insane, crazy. <laughs> there were so many people that came out. It was very, very fun. Um, we were nonstop. Uh, it was finally sold out and had to wait for reinforcements for milk, but <laughs> it, was, it was really great. But yeah, we just did that with some whipped cream and, um, rainbow sprinkles for pride and it was a blast it was super fun i love seeing people be just like wowed by like how it looks or Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. well that's what i always like to see is that you have you make it fun whatever it is that you're doing you know i've seen you do the rainbow sprinkle cup but i've also seen you do like some frozen things and and they always make it look cute and fun and so i think you do a good job with that because sometimes it's hard to just sell something in a package without people being able to interact with it first, you know? Yeah, that's it. And that's, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that, because that's, I try <laughs> you yeah. know? as, as like, um, like my, Ian, my partner and I, like we're, we're still mostly the, the only people. So it's like, there's only so much two people can do. I have my daughter on as well. Um, but it, you know, 
we try to do it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and um, we'll tell people about where they can find you uh, um, at events and stores and cafes. So we'll be right okay. back. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, and we're back. And um, let's tell people uh, first what events you're doing. And I noticed you're in a lot of new cafes and stores. So let's update people on where they can buy your product too. Yeah. Um, so we are um, Market of Choice is our main store. Uh, we are at New Seasons Fit Seasonally. So we're there you know, for the holidays. You can always get our gift boxes there. We are also at Zucker Cream and uh, Made Here. We are at Food Fight and um, also in Vancouver at um, Pop Local. And where else? There's probably other stores and I don't want to miss them. There's a bunch of little stores. We, uh, because we're, we sell on fair as well. So we are in several little stores, like we're in Spokane at um, a little shop up there, um, Rustic Redemption up there. And we are at, um, Dillon Beach Resort, as well as a few other um, coastal places, which is, you know, perfect spot for COVID. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> What's cool about the Dillon Beach Resort that I did not know until somebody randomly posted it, some other friend of mine posted that they saw Tom Waits there, and that apparently he's a regular at their general store. So I thought... I wonder if Tom Waits has gotten cocoa. Yeah, that would be cool, right? <laughs> I haven't heard that, but it's nice to think about that. As far as cafes, we are at, uh, we are, our biggest one is Blue Star. Uh, then we have Cafe Rowan. We have Cricket Cafe, Jam, and Bread and Honey and Ready Seasonally as well. And so when you sell it to cafes, do you sell it to them in bulk and then that's what they're serving as their hot chocolate or something? Hot chocolate and mochas. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Oh, and Bastion Cafe as well. That's so cool. I don't think I I don't think when you were on before you you were doing any kind of like wholesaling like that. So that's um, nice that you have found this niche to get into. Yeah, we want to try to move to expand that. Yeah, we are still we have a syrup that we developed with Sarah Masoni long a while back before COVID, but we never found a co-packer. We want to try to do that with co-packing. Mm -hmm. And we are talking to community co-pack about possibly doing that. I think that that would really help us expand into the food service market as well for cafes that want to just use syrup. So we're excited about that. We uh, so we we'd love to expand to more cafes because we just love that. We love that product. <laughs> so we love seeing it in, served in cafes. We love seeing the the creativity of the baristas. So yeah, I think um, you know, and you were just at the um, vegan night market, but you know, Portland is such a I think vegan forward city that I think that that's what 
I mean, I think your your chocolate, your drinking chocolate is good for everybody. Um, but I think especially for um, you know, people are that are that are vegan because it does add that creamy element to things that I think people are missing. And so I think cafes probably and and baristas that are so good at making drinks probably find it um really excellent to use in their shops um because their customers would be would dig it so much, you know. Yeah, I I I agree. <laughs> I have to agree. Um so we let people know what stores they can find you in and what cafes. Um, how about events? You are always all over town. I can't believe that it's just the two of you um, doing things because I feel like you well, do like four markets on a weekend. Well, thank God for my daughter. <laughs> she has really pulled up with that. Good. So we are generally speaking always at Beaverton and Vancouver. Tuesdays. Okay. Uh, we do Hillsdale once a month. Right now, I've moved back from mar- markets a little bit this year. Last year, I think I really went hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can do this many. But and then we are, our next event, um, I think it's in August, it's going to be another vegan night market. And then we also are doing the Alberta um, Street Fair again in September. And, you know, we're already lining up things for the holidays, of course. <laughs> that time of year, it's only, you know, almost July, but it's time to start signing up for those things. I know. But, I just uh, applied to, to my first holiday market and I came out to tell my husband, I'm like, can you believe it's time <laughs> to apply to holiday markets? Like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. We haven't even experienced like any summer yet. Like, I'm not ready to think about holiday, but it was already time. I, I started filling them out. And then once you fill out one, then like, I'm like, oh yeah, this one's probably opened up. This one's probably opened up. So I, I went down a rabbit hole of, of holiday markets. <laughs> Yeah, that's in my head, but I haven't thought about it. I did apply to all the um, the night market ones and for fall and holiday, but oh, good. It's a, it's just, it's been. Um, I, I haven't been as event heavy. I really should be packing up the the for more events. I'd like to do more pop ups mm-hmm. and things like that. I really want to try to start focusing on um, circus events too. It's like I said, it's a it's a double thing. It it it. it sells the cups, but it also sells um, the product. At least that's our hope. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, well, what do you think has been the biggest challenge since we talked to you last? Gosh, um, production. Production. <laughs> production. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, we, we were going to get our own kitchen, but then it just didn't work. plan didn't come out. Um, so we're still in a commercial um, commissary kitchen, mm-hmm. and it's it's so hard being sort of a nomad in that regard, <laughs> and having to haul everything in and haul everything out and playing that game. But um, the production part is that's part of the reason why we want to do full package, full print packages, because you know every single one of those um, packets were filled by hand two ounces at a time <laughs> so you know well um, it's just Ian and I but my daughter has been helping I got I had sort of a rotating group of some high school students for a little while as well just seasonally but all still packed by hand so you know it's trying to get 
enough out. Like we were thinking now we have to really start piling on for the holidays and uh, never. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, I feel, yeah. I even, I, um, since our last time of talking, I bought some of your old packaging because we started doing these, um, like spice packets so people could cook cook easily at home during the pandemic. So I bought a bunch of your old craft bags to do those spice packets. And it's the same thing. Like I'm filling them by hand. And then as soon as I started that whole project, I was like, what am I getting myself into? Like I have to put a label on the front of this, a label on the back of it, open it up, weigh it, fill it. And that's like, that's just like the steps after already making what goes inside, you know, where I'm like dehydrating all the sauce and, and freeze drying all the shot. It's like, it's like creating a whole nother business. And then as I'm standing there, you know, filling them at like midnight to take to the show the next day, I'm like, well, hmm, I'm not sure well, that this is, what <laughs> this is well, that, and your, your the spice mixes were really good. I, yeah. I mean, I'm still do, I'm still doing them, but I made the decision not to wholesale them because I was just like, there's no way I can't. I either need to get a machine that packs them for me or I need to just just sell them at the market. And so that, you know, that's what I did. And that's fine. I can keep Mm -hmm. up with that aspect of it. But also we don't bring them everywhere. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, that event's going to be too busy. Like I... I can't make that many taco seasonings or whatever it is. So we'll just leave them at home. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's okay. And I, I often think like, okay, what did we get ourselves into? Because now it's the most popular size. Yeah. And um, we it's like now we have now realized, oh, that's why a lot of other chocolate companies do not do packets. Mm-hmm. That's why there's not very many packets out there. Yeah. Uh, one big package that <laughs> you don't have to individually seal with your fingers. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, I also wanted to talk about some press that you got um, because you were in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Um, yeah there, are, there's a lot of other things too. People are interested, and they can um, link to it's linked into your Instagram if they want to read. Um, you know, the article that you're in, but let's just talk about what that does for a small maker. So um, what was it like for you to be in the Wall Street Journal? Oh my gosh, it was like Christmas in February because <laughs> it came out for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And um, interestingly, it came out right before our big ice storm. And I'm like, oh, great. I can't, I'm getting, we're getting slammed with orders and I can't even get to the kitchen to get product to send. <laughs> Never mind produce. <laughs> so we kind of sent out like a, I mean, everybody sort of was hit and everybody in Pacific Northwest was like big in the news. So I just, we just sent out an email saying, thank you so much. And as you know, we're a little, we're iced in over here. We will get your word around. <laughs> as soon as we can get out of our house. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so that, that was kind of funny, but it was really, it, it, we were slammed. I was not, I was surprised because we were only one little portion. I was just like, these are great cocos for hot, uh, for, for Valentine's Day or something like that. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was surprised just how much we, we were getting. And um, yeah. a lot of them, of course, just because Wall Street Journal, a lot of them went East Coast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, it, it, and a lot of them I noticed they're returning, you know, they return. There was um, one judge who 
was ordered them by the case. I don't know if he was getting it for himself or like just like bringing it in for people, but that was really cool. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, I think especially for us makers that are so connected to like our local community that then when someone else discovers you and then you think about like, wow, all these people on the East Coast are like having something that I made with my hands and like mailed to them. Like it's such a cool experience. I got an email from somebody from Hong Kong who said that they got it when they were over in Oregon and they were asking if I would sell it in Hong Kong. (laughs) And I'm like, I really hope I could one day, but I don't think that even if I opened it up for that, I don't think the price of shipping would be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I I was really floored by how like that was so sweet that she was messaging like, I really missed it. I got it when I was there and I'm really missing it. That's so lovely. It's so nice yeah. that people had that experience in Oregon and really want to recreate it when they're back home. It's a compliment to your product for sure. Yeah, I really it, it, it touches my heart. <laughs> um, well, that might kind of leads us into the next question, which is what is um, your favorite part about being a business owner? My favorite, well, other than coming up with the recipes, which like we said is like, is a curse and also <laughs> mm-hmm. one of the best parts. Uh, Cause I'm always thinking about ideas. I was even at Bastion this morning picking up coffee. Cause I get coffee from, from them um, for our cocoa, for our drinks. Um, and he said that it was a Tanzanian bean. And I said, Oh, we, we have a Tanzanian brewing cocoa maybe we should do something together <laughs> like, I'm like okay my brain just keeps moving like that <laughs> but um but yeah I the collaboration that that's one of the bigger ones and also just the customers things like even at the pride event I had somebody who made sort of a beeline and was like fight is out of your lavender I'm so glad you're here <laughs> you know and Ian said he was not at the booth he had walked away and he heard that guy walk by and say mama coco they probably have lavender there. <laughs> so, or we can get more of our lavender there so i i really enjoyed that that mm-hmm. feeling that like people really love product and like that just floors me like like these people that are not my family they don't know me for anything <laughs> And they just, they're still in love with the product, which is great, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. I love that too. It's like, it, it's my favorite part is when, or even when people come and they're like, my friend is visiting from wherever and I had to bring them to try my favorite sauce. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I sent it just makes yours, you feel so good. I sent your stuff to my friend in North Carolina, our friend, you know, my friend in North Carolina. And he posted about you saying, go oh. over to this girl. <laughs> <laughs> her and her husband they like, so I thought that was cute because he posted a whole like thing about you and like and then um I don't know if he's bought from you late or anything but he really really liked your product <laughs> I love that it's so fun I think that you know that's sort of what happens too within our maker community as we all share each other's stuff with buddies. I mean, I know you and I have traded all the time over the years. And then that's always kind of like my go-to holiday gift to my friends and family. I'm like, oh, how here, have this awesome cocoa that my friend makes. And then they're like, stoked. And so I think that's always a fun part about it. That's why I love to trade with people because then I can like 
gift it to everybody and be like, this is a really special thing. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's gotten used to the fact that my gifts to them are all these Portland food products. Mm-hmm. All the time. I have a friend who's really big into tea and I have gotten her last um, Christmas. I got her like basically every local chai tea and like sent her like a whole chai package and um then you know i've done other ones too just just sending her different types of jasmine pearl tea or something you know Mm -hmm. so everybody's just like okay she's gonna send me some portland local stuff yeah that's that's what everyone knows to expect from me that they're either gonna get hot sauce or they're gonna get local food (laughs) for sure (laughs) exactly well, um, let's just one more time tell people um, how to find your products if they're in Portland and if they're not. So it can be your website. It can be from you directly. However you want people to come purchase from you. Let's tell them that. And then we'll wrap oh, it yeah. up for the day. Okay. Yeah. So you can get it at um, our website, of course, at momococo.com. We just opened up for subscriptions as well. We've been asked that for a long time. So if you really, really like it, you can also get it monthly, every three months, every six months. And um, locally, we're at the Beaverton Market and Vancouver Market. Most um, That's the, the most reliable one. Otherwise, check our website for the event details. Um, and we are also at Market of Choice. And I was going to say Green Zebra. I'm so sad about that. But then, um, the food fight made here. Um, this is the main store in Portland, but also Pop Local in Vancouver. And then some smaller stores like Sucker Cream. And um, I know I'm missing people and I'm going to hate myself when I get off. But <laughs> I think you did a great job. Yeah, people will be able to find you and they know where to go. Uh, I'm so glad that you took the time to catch us up on your business and rejoin us again years later to tell us about where... Um, where they can find your stuff and what's going on for you. Cause you have done a lot over these years. So good job. Thanks. And um, if people want to hear the origin story and the first episode, that would be episode three from 2019. So you can listen to it there. And otherwise I'm sure I'll see you around town at events. Yeah, definitely. That's like where I always see my friends nowadays. Oh, <laughs> <I know>, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thanks for coming back on the show and um, we'll do our best to connect new people to you and your product. And I hope to see you soon. Definitely. We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you would like to be a guest on the show, you can send us a DM on our Instagram, Missoni and Marshall, and we will be back next week, everybody. Bye. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.